When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, 49ers fans? I'm your host, John Chapman, and welcome to the 49ers Rush Podcast. I've got a special treat for you today. I'm continuing kind of my draft tour around all these different podcasts, and I've got a gem for you today. I, I, w- I was able to be a guest on 49 Carats, okay? 49 Carats show. Go check it out. Steph is one of the coolest people I've ever met, and you can just feel her passion and just her friendliness. And as we go through, we're going to go through every, not every edge, a lot of edge targets for the 49ers. And man, she is a production guru. You're going to see film work, highlights, all kinds of metrics and stuff. It's really an awesome way to look at all these different prospects. So head over to her channel, 49 Carats. Make sure you give her a subscription or hit that subscribe button let her know 49ers rush podcast sent you but enjoy this i think you're going to really enjoy this breakdown of d-line targets for the 49ers what's going on everyone and welcome to another edition of the 49 carats podcast i'm your host steph and I'm very excited for today's episode because I'm joined here by a 49ers YouTube legend, uh, John mm. Chapman himself. Um, he runs an awesome YouTube channel that I think you all should subscribe to. Um, he's host of the 49ers Rush podcast and CEO of the corporate co- cooperative media network that's actually responsible for one of the hottest draft parties that are going to be happening in vegas right <laughs> let's that's what i'm talking about man i love that intro steph uh the positivity <laughs> i felt it uh it's a wonder wonderful i appreciate you inviting me to come on and man it's such a fun time right now for the 49ers even though we don't have that first round pick uh i love draft time i love draft time i love it too um but but tell us a little bit about that draft party like if we're a little late to learning about it, could we still get on the guest list or what's going on with that? So, like, our whole entire plan was let's just build the best draft party possible for 49ers fans. So, we rented a, a really posh uh, club on the strip in Las Vegas, uh, which is going to be an awesome, intimate Niners only party. We've got Fred Warner, Elijah Mitchell coming out. They're going to be on the podcast. We've got content creators galore. All you have to do is head to 49ers Rush Road Trip dot com to get your tickets and we've got different stages of tickets depending on your price point it's open bar open food everything's covered in your price point it's one you pay one thing raffles giveaways i think i have about 20 autographed jerseys we're giving away we literally are just like we did too much 
but it's going to be a good party. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. And we're going to be there days one and day two of the draft uh, covering everything live. I love it. Well, for any of you guys who have not been to John's um, away game, uh, what, what do you call them? The uh, the Rush Road Trip, right? That's the that's the branding trip. anyway. Those, those are, are lit. So if you guys are able to make it to this draft party, make sure you go and do that. Um, but in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, defensive linemen and you know potential prospects that the 49ers may be looking at. But before we do that, I feel like we really got to look at you know the current state of the 49ers defensive line, right? And even today, we, we learned about a new signing that, that happened. So the 49ers, this offseason, they did lose Arden Key, DJ Jones, uh, Contavious Street, Julian Taylor. The, the most notable to me is DJ Jones. I mean, Arden Key was a, one of those underrated signings that ended up, you know, blossoming under Chris Kosarich. But uh, DJ Jones, to me, is, is the biggest loss and, you know, we look at the current state of the 49ers defensive line as it stands. They have Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, Samson Ebukam, D Ford, who is still on the roster, but not expected to be much longer. Charles Amenihue, Kevin Givens, Maurice Hurst, Kerry Hyder, Hassan Ridgeway, uh, Kamoko Ture. Um, those last three are ones that they've, signed or in Kerry Hyder's case re-signed um this offseason so what do you think about the current state of this defensive line there seems to be an emphasis on depth right yeah you know the last year the 49ers kept 10 on their initial 53 man roster we're already at 11 and we're not even in the draft yet uh, and that's not counting D Ford and so there's a lot of depth and that is one of the things that I think is key, because if you look at the 2021 year when Javon Kinlaw got hurt and they had to go to Contavious Street being a starter, they really suffered. And that's actually the exact same time that Fred Warner's play started to struggle because he was getting guys pushed back in his lap. That's going to affect middle linebacker play. And so whenever they moved Eric Armstead inside, that's when all pro Fred returned. It was because he could finally do his job. And so what they have done is, as you said, street's gone now, but they brought in Hassan Ridgeway, who, again, just a role guy, just a depth piece, but he's somebody that is very stout against the run that will allow the linebackers to do their thing. So we have a lot of depth. Uh, I don't think everybody's going to make it all that. Somebody's going to be the odd man out. Injuries always happen, of course. But, yeah, we're stacked. Uh, I love the depth. The issue is... And I think the 49ers, and this is what we're going to be focusing most of this episode on, probably, I think they still want to add a stud. The depth is there, but they want a stud. Yeah, I think so, especially on the edge. I think, you know, we, we talk about the concerns with Javon Kinlaw, right? He's coming back from injury, which, you know, his knees something that he has struggled with throughout his career. Um, but I feel like, you know, we're, he we're hearing positive things about his rehab and you know take that with a grain of salt right it's it's off season everyone is in the best shape of their life supposedly um but i want to know like are you concerned about javon kinlaw do you think the 49ers are going to be prioritizing you know defensive tackle i think the dj jones loss signifies that hey they seem okay with it right so if we're going from just the 49ers front office they seem okay 
with yeah. what's happening. Because if not, yeah. you would have brought some other guys in. Yeah, you released and re-signed, you know, Maurice Hurst. But, but no, no, no. Like, it is a Ken Law issue. And so I think he's going to be all right. You know, one of the things that gives me hope for concern is it's the same surgeon that did Bosa and Jimmy G, who responded very, very well from ACL surgery. So we can hope. Uh, the videos that he's been putting out, all those things, again, nobody's going to put out negative information on their injury history. But I feel good, and if, if, he, if for some reason it goes bad, that's going to be problematic, big-time problematic. Yeah, I, I agree. So I would say the number one need on or want on the defensive line is an edge rusher opposite Nick Bosa. And then the second for the defensive line would be another defensive tackle. Yeah, uh, run stuffing, say. defensive tackle. That's the thing. We don't the, – the gap penetrating guys, whatever, that's not really what I think they want. It, it, even whenever you go back to the trade of DeForest Buckner, both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said repeatedly, we were looking to improve our run defense, which I love DeForest Buckner more than anybody, which I, I will say this. I did a breakdown today on uh, uh, the new guy we signed, Turi, and you know he played for the Colts, so I got to see good old 99 Defoe out there making some plays today, which just it just made me happy, made me very happy. Oh yeah, definitely. He he's definitely uh, fun to watch at all times. Um, all right, so you know you you might know that I've been keeping track of all the visits that the 49ers it's, been. It's having. my go to. It's my go to. <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I want to be like the one stop shop, right? So, um. What you're seeing on the screen here, and sorry, it's a little tiny, but this is what uh, this is a list of confirmed defensive lineman visits that the 49ers have had uh, in this offseason leading up to the draft. And as you can see, it's a pretty extensive list, um, most of which are going to be the edge rushers. And, you know, there's a couple of defensive tackles there, which I think you know, aligns with what we were saying. The number one need is edge rusher and secondary would be nice to have defensive tackle. Right. right. So if, if you guys want to see the full list of, you know, all the people that 49ers have visited with it's on 49ersgoldmine.com. Make sure to check that out. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the guys that are on this list, but actually yeah. the first guy that we're going to talk about is not on the list. And I'm hoping it's because maybe they don't want to tip their hand because, okay, so the first guy we're going to talk about is Arnold Abiketti. He's a Penn State edge rusher. He's one of my absolute favorites in terms of who I'd like the 49ers to target um, or who I'd want them, a player who I would like to fall to 61, right? Because that would be like a dream come true to me. Um, but, you know, they haven't met with him and maybe it's just because they don't want teams to know that they are interested in him just in case, you know, they fall, he falls on their lap. So, okay. And, and one notable thing, so they haven't had him in for a visit, but guess who was at the uh, Penn state's pro day, Adam Peters. Yes. And, and Pitt state, they have a lot of guys that are almost perfect 49ers fits offensively and defensively. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, so, um, I mean, a couple of things I like about um, Abiketti, like, he wins with uh, hands, uh, he has great bend, uh, and he wins with speed. And I feel like, you know, looking at the fact that D Ford is not going to be with this team much longer, if at all, this year, um, yeah. <laughs> that is something that I think worked well when D Ford was healthy. 
his speed along with like what Nick Bosa brings was the perfect combination for that defensive line. And it really opened everything up for everyone. Um, so I feel like speed on the opposite end of Bosa is, is something that they will like to target. And I feel like Ebiketti is a perfect player for that. And you see here, um, as far as like his hand usage, his, his motor, that is in the elite category. Um, sorry for the people who are listening through audio. You might not see what we're looking at. Um, we're seeing a lot of green and blue, and those are good things. <laughs> which is good, which is good. So basically, it just has a list of, um, you know, how he performed in uh, in the combine and, and pro day and whatnot. And he's off the charts pretty much. So what do you think about him? And, I mean, do you think he makes it out of the first round? I do Maybe out of the first round. Uh, now, he's a top 40 player for me on my big board. So, I, I love what he brings to the, the game. And one of the reasons why... Okay, I, I can play both sides. One of the reasons why he might fall is because he's not a complete defensive lineman. He's not your prototypical, you know, three-down defensive end. Exactly as you said. He is that speed, high-end, motor, off-the-edge guy. Debo and Debo Oh, look at that. We even got a video. Oh, what's up? I, I love it. I love it. This is incredible. I love your production, man. You are killing it, Steph. Right on, um, man. But, you know, one thing I will say about it, this guy, oh, I freaking love this, man. This is awesome. Uh, got the clips going and everything. Um, he played wide receiver in high school, and it translates. Yeah. Like, this dude yeah. is just a burner. Athletic as hell, and and you'll see from like some of the and sorry, the, some of these clips were supposed to be preloaded. I uploaded the wrong one. <laughs> I had to do it on the fly here, but um, I mean, you can see in some of these clips that we're showing. I mean, he's he's just quick. Um, he'll he'll be twenty four years old as a rookie. Does that somewhat concern you a bit? I mean, I know the age thing sometimes goes into account for teams that are making like a big investment on these players in terms of like draft picks. So what do you think about that? Him being 24 years old? It's, you know, he transferred from temple to Penn state. And so you had the year out and all that stuff. Plus the fifth year because of COVID, everybody got that extra year. This is just another one of those things that could push him down the draft board. Does he make it to 61? I don't think there's any way possible. Now, the 49ers <laughs> do have nine picks this year and 11 picks they next do. year slated. So it's yep. not like they can move up. And we've seen Kyle be impatient. You remember the year where we didn't have a second or third rounder? We still traded up. And we are Brendan IU. <laughs> like, so it's not like this front office is scared to push the chips in. And so, again, back to the 24 year old thing. 49ers have a relatively, not necessarily a win-now mold, but we were in the NFC Championship last year. So mm -hmm. the age is going to be a little bit less of a concern for somebody like us, a little bit more of a concern for somebody like Detroit or Seattle, a team that's completely rebuilding. A uh, slight dig there against Seattle. Just wanted to put that in there. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. So um, it feels like that wouldn't be something that would scare the 49ers away. And honestly, I don't think that it should. Um, moving on to our next defensive line prospect. Now, this player was on the list of uh, players who the 49ers have met with, and that is uh, Western Kentucky uh, defensive end, D'Angelo Malone. And as you can see, we are showing his rel relative athletic score. There's a lot of green, and that is good. His overall score is 9.03. Um, he's just very athletic um 
he's a beast, man. And he participated in the senior bowl. And I'll actually throw up some clips of that in a sec. And he was named MVP for his team on the senior bowl. So I think that says a lot about, you know, who he is, not just as a player, but, you know, maybe as a leader as well. Um, Brad has also mentioned that uh, Brad of the SF Niners, if you guys don't know, he, he has mentioned that he uh, Malone reminds him of Brian Burns. And if you guys have been following <laughs> um, Brad's content this offseason, he loves Brian Burns. So did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match of up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Um, what do you think about D'Angelo Malone? And uh, I mean, what sticks out to you the most? It's it's pick your favorite thing. Okay, so he's got yeah. 34 career starts. He's got elite production. I'm sorry, 34 career sacks. He's got elite production. The speed. He is a little bit undersized. Uh, you know, my comp for him, the athletic profile comp, the comparable that I gave was D Ford. That they match up very very similar. Now. He doesn't have the same top-end speed that D. Ford had, just testing-wise, but the tape shows it. Like, he has it. Now, you could talk about, okay, it's Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, what's the level of competition he's used to, but this dude, he just fits. He fits exactly what you set this episode up as. Man, we have saw for eight games what D. Ford and Nick Bosa can do. And this guy's a he, he's a D Ford light. Um, you know, another comparable that I had for him was Jeremiah Tachu, who the 49ers brought in as well, um, but with way more speed. So similar play style, but with way more speed. So the one issue I have with this game is there's no power to it too much. Um, he can't get moved around a little bit in the run game, but 
I mean, you watch these reps at the senior bowl that you just threw up there. Like he's got power. It's just, it did. I didn't see it enough on film uh, in the run game. It just, but again, that's not why you're drafting him. Right. And that's what, not what the 49ers need from him. Uh, he has what we need. And the fact that they met with them, man, if that's somebody that does fall, I think 61 is about where he should go. I have him going probably 50, 60, 70s. So is that a trade up guy? I don't think so. Is it a, is he there at 61 for sure? But man, maybe even jump up in the third round to get him if he does fall. This is a deep edge class. It it really is. And that's what's the most exciting because like it happens every year that like there's a position that there's a run on in the first round and then naturally there's other positions that kind of just get pushed out of the first round. And so you end up with some like first round talent in the first half of the second round. And I think that's really exciting for the 49ers. I hope that some edge rushers are on their lap when they pick at 61. You mentioned the speed that Malone has and how that's comparable to D Ford. He ran a 4.56 40. um, And, you also mentioned that you don't see a lot of, you know, power, um, at least in run defense. And, you know, that's okay, like you mentioned as well. Because, I mean, D4, when, when we think about the role that he had, he was really, you know, just yeah. in on those obvious passing downs. And so I feel like for um, someone who they want to take over that D4 role, they'll probably be looking for something similar. So, I think that Malone has it and you know, if that's something they, they want to go to, I'd be, you know, very excited if, if they, they drafted him. And I could tell like whenever you're watching edge film, which like you're going through again, I always recommend highlights are wonderful. Uh, one of my draft axioms is like watching the highlights of a player is like um, reading somebody's dating profile that they made for themselves. But watching the game film, that's like interviewing all their exes. You're going to figure out all the dirt. You're going to figure out all those things. So like highlights are great. And I watch highlights and that's a good way to find the ceiling of a player. But if you want to know what their game in is going to be, you watch the film. And so when you're watching these edge guys, if I'm bored watching a defensive end, there's a problem. You don't get bored with this guy. Uh, he is so entertaining, D'Angelo Malone. Oh, what's up, Melissa? I love it. <laughs> yeah, Melissa, friend of the pod. She she tunes in pretty often. What's up, Melissa? Um, also, scat Scatchy. Ooh, that's a- oh shot J shot J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, that's a tough one. It, if you got, if you've never watched um, Forty Nine Cares podcast before, I am the best at butchering names. So, so. <laughs> sorry, shot that, shot Jay. Um, yeah, but we we could move on to the next uh, prospect here, um, and this is someone who you know you actually just recently did a. a film breakdown for on your YouTube channel, which I'll, I'll show the clip here in a bit. Um, South Carolina defensive end Kingsley uh, in Agbare. Uh, he goes by JJ sometimes. Uh, so you might uh, hear him referred to as JJ, but in Agbare, I mean, we're looking at his RAS once again, and you can see there there's more yellow compared to the other prospects we were just talking about. But I think when you look at his film, like the athleticism, you know, he, he's still a really strong option for the 49ers and probably another player who has a good chance of being there 
at the top of the second, or, you know, maybe even later, you can see here what he tested the, the best out was his vertical uh, 36.5. Um, so what are your thoughts on Enigbare and uh, how would he fit with the 49ers and what they do? Well, he's from South Carolina, which the 49ers love South Carolina guys. And even more than that, he could have came out in the draft last year and been probably a third-round pick. And so he bet on himself, and also he changed his number from 52 to 1. Uh, same thing Debo did, same thing that J.C. Horn did the year before him. So, like, it shows you how South Carolina sees him as kind of the leader team captain guy. However, the production wasn't there this year. Um, I don't think the the things that you were hoping he would improve on to increase his draft capital, he did not. Very low production. And there were a lot of negatives in his tape. I think that... You look at what he brings to the game, it, it transfers to the NFL. However, I don't know. It never took that next level. Um, he's not a bend guy. So he's in a little bit of a different category than the two previous guys that we talked about. He's not that super high-end, twitched-up speed guy. He ran a 4.87, which isn't bad, but he's not that burner off the edge. He is so long. Like you see this clip here, like yeah. his length, yeah. His arm length is just – he could be an NFL tackle, offensive tackle if he wanted to. His arms are so long. So I like him. He would be an edge that I would feel like we're settling for. He's much more of a three-down defensive end guy, and that's why I'm kind of knocking him a little bit because he doesn't bring that D4 type effect that you brought earlier. That's not really his game. Right. It's, it's just not what the 49ers are looking for. And um, I think – as far as, you know, the long arms goes, we saw one of the plays here um, where he kind of, you know, wrapped his arms around uh, a running back. And so do you feel like he's a he's better defensively against the run than some of the other pure pass rushers? Um, He's more stout and he has a higher ceiling. His production against the run was a little bit suspect. Uh, I do remember him playing very, very good against the zone read. Uh, he had a really, really good feel whenever they basically leave the backside defensive end unblocked and it's, you know, the quarterback can give it or keep it around the edge. He was very, very good at that. Uh, there's a clip right there. Look, I swear, man, you're you're like the best show producer I've hey, ever been is, around. This, this is, is your clip, man. This is your clip from you, your YouTube. She timed I it. just she timed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, let us know how we can. Uh, what's your YouTube channel so everyone could go ahead and subscribe to you? Yeah, you just type in John Chapman. Uh, you'll see my goofy red red cheek face show up, uh, or 49ers Rush. Either one of those would get you there. And you know, we're trying to put out a lot of content that that's kind of our goal, whether it's, and you know, what we want to do at the 49ers rush podcast is educate fans in a positive way. We're not the clickbait people. That's not who we are. We want to educate people uh, through film. I'm a former coach. And the idea is whenever you understand what's going on with the schemes and all those things, um, you have a much better time whenever you watch the game. Uh, so that's kind of what we try to do or strive to do. Um, so, yeah, John Chapman or 49ers Rush Podcast, you can find us on YouTube. Absolutely. And, yeah, he, he does breakdowns pretty often, so make sure you're subscribed to his YouTube uh, for all that good pre-draft content. Um, but moving on to our next player here, and this is actually one of my favorites, and we're going to switch it over to defensive tackle for a bit. Ooh. Um, Thomas Booker from Stanford. I tweeted like a 
couple of days ago that he just he just feels like a John Lynch draft crush, and he he just has all the makings of of yes. it, right? And John Lynch did attend Stanford's pro day, as he you know does <laughs> every year. That's like his tradition um, as an alumni. But uh, Thomas Booker, he was also a standout at the Shrine Bowl, and he seems to be a riser. The more uh, you know, leading up to the draft, I just keep hearing his name more and more, and people have nothing but good things to say about him. The 49ers have met with him um, um, in the pre-draft process, and to me, like, he's, he's very versatile. He's mostly a defensive tackle, but I've seen him line up on the edge too, so it's nice to know that he brings that versatility. Um, he's very quick off the snap. He's disruptive. Um Again, like it's he's a defensive tackle, so he's not going to bring you, you know, that pass rushing ability that we've been talking about. But if the 49ers are looking for another defensive tackle, he, I mean, man, he, to me, he's one of my favorites. And what are your thoughts on him? Well, you know, the 49ers do this thing called the gold helmet uh, whenever they're looking through their draft prospects. And a gold helmet, guys, you know, somebody with great leadership. Uh, great character on and off the field and fit kind of the scheme that they want. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga was a gold helmet guy. Um, just like to put that into perspective, they don't give it out to a lot of people, but Thomas Booker is going to be one of those. And this dude got offered to Yale, uh, lots of different Ivy league school. He chose Stanford back to back years, team captain. I mean, what's not to like about all the off the field character stuff. I mean, it's, and why do draft prospects fail? You know, we all, we focus so much on the film that, and that's my thing, but a lot of times players fail because of stuff outside of, you know, Alden Smith, whatever, you know, uh, Ruben Foster, you can look at those things. Those are the reasons why so many of these draft prospects don't pan out. So with somebody like Thomas Booker, who I think will be a day three prospect, um, you know, could go probably as early as the fourth round, but probably going to be a fifth to sixth round prospect. He's got so many traits that you like. Um, you know, 6'3", 301, which is very, very similar. He's a little bit lighter than DJ Jones by about 15 pounds, but the metrics are there. Um, my player comp for him was Gerald McCoy light. That's kind of what I thought. Now, I, he does guess at the snap count a little too often, and so if he times up the snap perfectly, then he's disruptive. Uh, however, if he misses the snap count, then he's a little bit behind and kind of gets neutralized a little too often. So that's one of the small things that I saw in his game that kind of bothered me, but I liked way more than I, I thought were negative. He's a fun He's a fun guy. Now, Melissa here had a comment. She says she's super <laughs> oh, sour on oh. defensive tackle from Stanford because of Solomon Thomas. Um, and, I mean, I've, a lot of 49er fans are going to say that, right? Everyone thinks Solomon Thomas right away. We know how that went with the 49ers. What would be your response to anyone who maybe has second thoughts on Thomas Booker because of that? Yeah, it's hard. It, a lot of times in the scouting community, you want to grade players based on their helmets or the uniforms, and they're all different people. And so I get it. I understand that. Um, it's a completely different it's a different guy that played a different position. Even though they're defensive tackles, they didn't play the same role. So, yeah, I get the Solomon Thomas thing. And I, I would say, yeah, I wouldn't hold it against him. But I, it, it is funny 
But here's here's what's interesting. The last two guys we talked about, Stanford, the most players ever drafted by the 49ers is Stanford. The second most is South Carolina, who we just finished talking about as well. So it's it's interesting. Maybe our school or our team, the 49ers, they like to scout. They like to go with coaches they can trust. And again, this yep. goes back to Ruben Foster. Yes. They felt that they were lied to and deceived by Nick Saban in Alabama. They don't go there very much anymore. Even when they went to the Mac Jones Pro Day, they didn't talk to Saban one time. Like Kyle Shanahan gets a chip on his shoulder. And whenever they have coaches that they can trust, like Arizona State with Herm Edwards, who's best friends with John Lynch, like Stanford, like South Carolina, they go back to those wells because it removes some of the question marks that you don't get with other programs. Absolutely. And like for Stanford, especially, I mean, you have that extra intel, right? Like it's just right across the way. We know that John Lynch has a a very good uh, relationship with David Shaw. And so the trust is definitely there between those two. And and yeah, you're right. That could absolutely be something and is definitely notable. Um, Thomas Booker, he had 68 pressures, 11 sacks and 85 run stops during his college career. And you bring up something interesting, which was like uh, if he's able to time the snap, um, you know, he he's a little bit better. Although you mentioned that he's he's sometimes not as good at at that. Um, I will say so the reason that um, he got on my radar uh, Brett Coleman, he has a, a great YouTube channel. Um, and he, I think it was like, he had a list of the five best players of this draft you haven't heard about yet, which is funny. Cause now, you know, a lot of people have heard about, uh, Thomas Booker, but back then maybe not as many, but one thing he said about Thomas Booker really stood out to me. He said he might be one of the smartest players in this entire draft class at any position. Yeah. Um, and I actually I have a clip because he interviewed him. I think it was at the, Oh, might've been at the combine or uh, it might've been at the shrine bowl. I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll pull that vi- video up really quick. And because I thought it was funny because Thomas Booker actually talks about like timing the snap and how certain oh. quarterbacks um, are very good at, you know, tricking uh, players, and they have it down where they'll be looking and, and they'll snap it as they're looking uh, away uh, from the, you know, center. But so I'll pull that clip up. But, uh, yeah, the big thing for, for him was like, think he's a lot of times. Right? Like, your battles. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's crazy. It's like little stuff like that that gets you. And, you know, I try to implement that sort of stuff in my game in terms of like, one thing I really liked running was like the tech stunt, except not from a three technique, from a two eye. And the reason why that was so deadly and like I wanted to run that like during this today's practice is because, you know, as a guard, when you have an immediate inside threat as a, yeah. as like a two eye, you're looking down at that and naturally your first step is going to be down. Uh-huh. So for me, like that's one of my strengths is my ability to change direction and like, I was going to say, that's a, that's a long way to go from that alignment. Yes. But for me, like, again, if I sell it with my eyes and I don't look out at all pre-snap and it looks like I'm rushing that A gap. As soon as I like plant off of this right foot and I'm out of there, yeah, the B gap is huge because not only have, am I already over there, but he's stepping down, yeah. So it widens everything out. So like even if that, so you get the point. He he's a very like you could tell he's a very you know smart football guy and his football IQ is is really high. And so again, like I just think not just his play, but also the fact that he has a high football IQ 
John Lynch just must be head over heels for him, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that he can go on for that long about, you know, where he wants to line up in his favorite stunt, the fact Some that he details, thinks about yeah. it and processes mm -hmm. all of these things, um, that's huge because a lot, a lot of players don't have that. A lot of players don't have that type of mentality. So, uh, yeah, fun watch, fun guy, easy to root for. Um, he's going to be a locker room favorite and a fan favorite wherever he goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll, we still have some time, so I'm, I'm going to kick it back to some more edge rushers. And I wanted to ask you about um, USC Drake Jackson. Um, and one notable thing about Drake Jackson is that uh, Ron Carthen, the director of player personnel for the 49ers, he was actually at USC Pro Day. It, you know, make of that what you will, but maybe they're interested in someone like Drake Jackson, right? Um, so what do you think about him and how he would fit for the 49ers? To me, he's very raw. Very raw. Um, I, I put in my notes, um, I put the best combination of size and flexibility in this class. However, it did not translate to good production or elite production. He didn't run the 40. And so that's another one of those issues as well. But whenever you look at what he is able to do, if you just splice up one clip of him and you watch it and you just go, whoo, okay. It's like a 270 pound Gumby guy. Like we talk about like ankle flexibility and all those things. He has it with elite size. So his ceiling is a lot higher than almost everybody else we've talked about so far, even Epichetti, um, because he can be a little bit of everything. This could be a three-down starter with upside. This could be a bend edge rusher off the edge opposite of Nick Bosa. This could be kind of a Cameron Jordan do-it-all defensive end if he hits. Now, what is it that stopped him from being as successful as his body and his traits suggest? That's what you've got to find out. Um, it's a mystery whenever I watched his film. like Because... I wanted to have him lower based off of his metrics and all those different things or whatever else. But whenever I watch his film, I'm just like, man, he's so close. Like that, he's mm -hmm. so close to yeah. being yeah. great. Um, can he get there? That's the question. Yeah, the thing for me when I saw him, like, yeah, the fact that he's raw jumps out, and obviously with that comes some inconsistencies. Um, I saw at times like it, it didn't always look like he had a plan for you know, each snap, um, sometimes he would just go for it. And to me, it was kind of obvious. Whereas like, I feel like with over time, you know, you, you work on those moves and you have signature moves that it, you have an arsenal of moves that you can go to. Um, whereas I think he's still working on, you know, building that out. But you mentioned it, he has the athleticism, um, as, as we saw on his REA, RES chart, um, 25 tackles for loss, 12.5 sacks, and 26 starts. That's that's pretty impressive in itself. And as we mentioned, that's with him being raw and not, mm -hmm. you know, he hasn't really put it all together yet. So, I mean, yes, the 49ers want someone, I would say, immediately to be an impactful edge opposite Bosa, but – I also feel like they have Chris Kosarich who can make turn anyone into someone, yeah. right? Like, so I, I feel like 
that might be a fun project for them. And so I wonder if that's someone that they have their eye on because of that. It just makes too much sense. It really, really does. So when you're drafting at 61, you're getting guys that are falling for a reason, right? And so why is this guy going to fall? He hasn't put it together yet. So it's going to take somebody that's going to have to mold him. And as a positional coach, I can tell you, uh, Chris Cusari, he's sitting there saying, please, 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 please. <laughs> Well, where do you where do you think uh, Drake Jackson falls to? Like, do you I mean, I feel like 61 might be too early for him, although you never know. There might be a team that's like betting on, you know, just the physical traits that he has or athleticism um, or his potential. Right. Um, But where do you see him going? I so whenever I'm grading a prospect, I, I ask myself several questions. But one, what type of teams would like him? What type of teams will not like this guy? I don't think there's one out of 32 teams that will take him off their board because he could play in a three-four. He could play in a four-three. Uh, didn't have character issues. Um, I, I so having said that, I I think again this is a top 50 player back end for me. This is this is like around that 50 range. So because it's a premium position, because he has all the height, weight, all those things, he checks all those boxes. So I think, again, maybe the latest that he could fall is top of the third round. Top of the third round, and that's being generous. Okay, okay. So to answer your question, Melissa, we're, we're probably looking at day two, um, you know, which I think the 49ers could do because one thing with some of these moves that they've made to – build up their depth especially at edge i think it's kind of bought them the you know affordance to be able to wait a little longer like they don't have to feel like they need to go edge at 61 i feel like they could go best player available um and so who knows maybe maybe they go the pick after that which i think is like 90 something or yeah 93 i believe yeah so you know, maybe that's that's something that they can look at. Um, we got one more player to look at. Um, shoo, look at all that green. <laughs> I, I know you've talked about him as well. I don't know if you, you've done a, a breakdown on him, but I, I believe I've seen you, like, talk about him on Twitter. Um, and you might have to help me out. How do you pronounce his name? Because I would say... Uh, Boy Mafe or Mafey. But... <laughs> Boye Mafe, I believe. Boye, Boye Mafe. You see what I mean? You see what I mean, John? I just put your names. That's what I do. <laughs> he's fun. And this guy, what he's, his athletic profile, you look at this, it, it, he's been that way for a while. You go back to high school, uh, three, he was an all state football player, basketball, and track. The dude did it all. He ran 11.4 in the 100, which is pretty dang good for a defensive end. He jumped 6.7 in the high jump, like explosion. You don't see green like this on the raw score chart very, very often, and it translates to on the field. I really, really, really like this kid, and this is the problem with this class. It's so deep at edge. It's so deep at edge, but it's one of the most premier positions in the NFL, and they always get jacked up. Uh, they always fly up the draft boards. So with this guy, I have him, you know, my player comp is a faster Ziggy Ansa, uh, who is fit in this scheme as well. Um, he is just so quick. Freak athlete. Size is great. 6'4", 261. He ran a 4'5". Like, he's got it. Uh, my main issue was 
against elite competition, he struggled. A lot of his sack production in different games was against lower competition. So that's one of the question marks that I have. But so I went to one of those games. I think I watched him, the Minnesota versus Ohio State game, I believe. One of the games I watched and I did a breakdown on um, he was getting he was winning reps. He just wasn't getting to the quarterback. So it's not as much as a concern. Sack production is always a question mark because it's very it's not a good predictive manner for how efficient a player is or how successful a player it is, but it's kind of the metric that we do hold them to, which is kind of a bad thing. So he gets lots of pressures. He wins lots of one-on-one reps. He's got the speed. He's got the bend. He is just, he might be one of the most athletic people I've ever graded. Like he's that off the charts. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember like a couple months ago, I kept seeing his name pop up as, you know, someone the 49ers should target. Um, I kept seeing him in a lot of mock drafts from 49er fans, you know, people picking him at 61. And and lately I feel like I haven't heard his name as much. So I'm like, you know, what what's this about? Like, is he going to be – do you think he'll be available at 61 or even later than that? I think 61. And I think all okay. these guys – again, he could go earlier. But I think all in what he is, he's kind of a, I don't want to say watered down. I think he's a better athlete than Ebiketti, but I think that Ebiketti's a better edge rusher, if that makes sense. So this, he's a better athlete. And if anybody that's going after Ebiketti, you could settle for Boye Mafe. Um, now, having said that, Mafe might go sooner just because some team will put athletic traits measurables ahead of what they see on film. So every team's going to be a little different in that met, in that area, but I think Boya Mafe has a very real opportunity to be there at sixty-one. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. And and you mentioned, you know, he's able to get a lot of pressures. He had fifty-seven pressures in since twenty twenty, which ranked sixth among uh, Big Ten edges. Um, he had a eighty-nine point nine pass rush pass rush grade that ranked sixth and thirteen sacks. He was tied for second among the Big Ten edges. So. You know, he, he has a pretty good body of work, I would say, that goes along with his freak athleticism. So, um, And I'll say this. He's currently – he's already graduated college. He's working on his MBA in sports and fitness. So, like, again, another guy that you check the box off of mature, hardworking, determined. Uh, just, again, another box to check that you don't have to worry about with this guy. Right, definitely. Melissa has another question for us. How would you compare him to guys that we've recently just – uh, we have had recently just so we can compare him to yeah. Bosa, Hurst, Key, Givens, Hyder, Street, Ford, etc. I would put him in the Arden Key um area, but he's not as long. He actually gets docked a little bit because he has shorter arms. Uh, Hurst or uh, Key had much longer arms, so he's faster and much more twitched up. And so I, I would say that. But you know. Arden Key was much more of a natural pass rusher, is much more of a natural pass rusher. Um, Mafe is more of a projection because of his physical freak type status that he has. You can see it, but only in glimpses. Yeah. All right. Um, and Melissa has asked a couple questions as well, so I'm trying to get to those. Melissa's the best, man. I know. All. She's she's bringing it. All right, Melissa, you did ask who do you see on our uh, – offensive line we have and who do you like in the draft um i 
I will just say that I do plan to have another episode um, specifically for offensive line, and I'm trying to get Brad in for that one. Nobody um, better than Brad for O-line work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's our, our resident OL expert. But, um, John, I'll let you answer just you know someone that you like in the draft. My draft crush this year, uh, Creed Humphrey was my guy last year that I just like, I, all I wanted was, you know, I wanted Trey Lance, which we got, and I'm very, very thankful for, and then Creed Humphrey in the second, uh, and we passed on him, which hurt, but that's okay. Um, he, maybe that's okay. Banks is going to be okay. I would say Dylan Parham. He is one of my favorite guys in this draft that can play literally all five positions, but I think center's probably where he's going to be because he is a little underside, but some of the best lateral movement for a center uh, that I've graded in quite a while. So that's one of my favorite guys to watch. <laughs> she said that you never uh, – she is who she trusts because you never steer her wrong. <laughs> I hey, love it. I love it. That <laughs> we love that um she also oh. well she said creed humphrey she mentioned like you're the reason that she fell in love with creed humphrey um and so do we kind of answer this question with the the parham uh hybrid iol this year that that can play both um guard and center there's a lot of guys in this yeah there's a lot of guys in this draft that are much more versatile they're seeing the paychecks because if you're a guard like you're not going to get paid near as much if you're a center. All right, that, that's like an extra five million a year uh, on your contract if you're at the top of your game. So uh, they're starting to get much more versatile with that, which I like. There, there is a deep O line class. It's a deep um, draft. There's not a lot of like top tier studs. The 49ers maybe played this out perfectly um, because this is the lowest. I only have 14 first round grades in this draft. It's one of the lowest wow. I've ever had. However, I have over 40 second round grades. It's a deep, deep draft. So that kind of whenever you get to picks kind of 50 to 75, you're going to be getting studs that you typically don't get, um, some projected starters that you typically typically don't get in most drafts. Yeah. Um, for center, I love Cam Jurgens. Um, <laughs> Everybody, yeah, he's awesome. fun. He's awesome. He definitely, I think, fits what the 49ers want to do. Um, but before we get you out of here, John, um, I just want to ask really quickly, do you have any – defensive line sleepers in this draft Ooh. that you think you know we should know about oh i like that um man there are a lot of guys that i really really like in this class you know one of them that i'll throw out there um and i'm i'm a longhorn hook them uh plays at one of my least favorite schools texas a&m michael clements who the 49ers met with uh i believe is that is that right i think they did he's not on my list but um I think I, I saw maybe something I need that to they double met. check something and <laughs> um but yeah I like him a lot. Uh he just yeah. he's one of those high end guys that you can get later um and he's he's got all the athletic profile that I like but again this is somebody that can go in the 6th round. Usually edge rushers aren't productive at that that stage but I want high energy high motor guys late because if they don't win initially uh, if you get a cover sack, things like that, I think those are important. I think Kerry Hyder learned that, and that's why he came back to the 49ers on such a cheap deal because some players, like Kerry Hyder, the motor is how they will win. And um, I, I just think he'd be a good fit with the 49ers. Michael Clemens out of A&M. Awesome. Well, I'm going to check him out now that you said that. Um, all right, mine, uh, no one asked, and oh, we gotta <laughs> no, have one, it. no we one gotta should have ask, it. but – um, and I will preface this by saying that, you know, I 
I try to watch as much people as I can, but I am not like yourself and others who, you know, just grind a bunch of tape on these prospects. I have my favorites. Usually it's like, you know, the second round guys, third round guys that I watch a lot, but um, came across uh, Kevin Atkins, Fresno state defensive tackle. And, you know, he, he looked pretty good to me. I think he's one of those like, run stuffing defensive tackles that I think the 49ers could look for, especially if it's not something they want to go for early. Right. I mean, which wouldn't really make a ton of sense. Um, if they, if they don't get Thomas Booker, I like Kevin Atkins. Um, I think that'd be pretty nice. And he is met with I've, the 49ers. I haven't, I haven't watched him. I haven't studied him yet. So I, I got to get on my homework. Thank you, Steph. I love it. <laughs> what was interesting is he had met with the 49ers, but he wasn't invited to the local pro day. So, I don't know what that means, but you know, just <laughs> something notable. Maybe they aren't too interested in them. But anyway, um, before we get you out of here, John, plug your uh, YouTube, your socials um, for us. We'll follow you, subscribe. Yeah, uh, John Chavin, 49ers Rush Podcast. Twitter is probably where I'm most active, probably too active, uh, <laughs> at JL underscore Chapman. That's the place to follow me and interact with all those things. But, uh, yeah, come check out the YouTube. We're putting up lots of film. We're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to Vegas for the draft, man, or if you know anybody that's a Niners fan going to the draft, tell them to head to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Awesome. Awesome. Really quickly. Melissa has one more question. Ooh. Bosa, Hurst, or Key, who could you see having a bigger year? Well, I mean, you got to go Bosa. I think Hurst is going to be a back-end guy that I really, really like his upside. Um, Key, I'm glad he got paid. Uh, wish him the best of luck. But yeah, Bosa, you're talking defensive player of the year candidate again after what he did last year. And if Ken Law, if Ken Law steps up, it's only going to help Bosa a lot, a lot. Absolutely. Oh, I I definitely agree. Um, but John, thank you so much for being on today. This was awesome. I, I really enjoyed, you know, going through all these prospects and hopefully the 49ers get one of these or or just one of one of the top guys for edge rusher and you know we'll we'll see who they get. But thank you so much for coming on and uh yeah, subscribe to all his his platforms and see you next week. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.